Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health, or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your daily dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette. Good morning and welcome to your daily dose. In past shows, I've been talking of some very healthy plants, some of them that many people call weeds and they try to get rid of them from their lawn areas. But these are beneficial plants that we can forage and use daily to promote for good health. Over the past 25 years or so, I followed a very special lady named Juliette de Bariclay Levy. She's written several books that I keep in my library and that I've referred to many, many times during the caring, breeding, and whelping of my dogs. I first learned of Juliet because of my Afghan hound, and Juliet was also a breeder of the Afghan hound. She was known as Juliet of the Herbs and the Grandmother of Herbalism. I'm going to talk of Juliet in depth in the near future with a person who was near to her and a person who was able to do a documentary of Juliet's life. My most prized of her books is called The Complete Herbal Handbook for the Dog and Cat, and I have referred to this many, many times throughout the years, and I still do. Another one that I have is The Complete Herbal Handbook for Farm and Stable that is extremely beneficial for anyone who has a farm. She also published one for children called The Natural Rearing of Children that I also have, and the other one that I have is Common Herbs for Natural Health. In her books that I have and I've referenced, there are two plants that she will most often refer to when talking of treatments or making remedies for both people and animals. And I want to talk today of these herbs because in her documentary that I've watched, she said that whenever she moved from one area to another, these two plants are a must-have in her garden. The first one is called Southernwood. Now the generic name of Southernwood is called Artemisia. And the name most likely was inspired by the Greek goddess of hunting, the moon, and chastity being Artemidas, and maybe more directly by, t- by Queen Artemisia of Caria. This was a Turkish botanist and was living around 400 BCE. So you can see just how long this plant has been in existence. There are several references to Artemisia in the Bible, and it's referred to as wormwood. It's both in the New and the Old Testament. Now, depending on which reference you're looking at, there are two to four hundred varieties of Artemisia that are spread from Siberia through Asia on into the Middle East, into North Africa, Europe, and North America. The one type of Artemisia that Juliette gives reference to in her books is Artemisia abrotinum, and this is a member of the daisy family. You can also find it called Lad's Love, Southern Wormwood, Maid's Ruin, Garden Sagebrush, or Lemon Plant. It's an evergreen shrub that can grow three to five feet in height. Now the southern wood has a very strong camphor-like smell and it was historically used as an air freshener so people would most often scatter it over the floors of their buildings because of its very astringent smell 
that would be released when people would walk on it. It also served as an insecticide, so in, in many cases it kept a lot of the insects away. Now the volatile oil that was found in the leaves is what's responsible for that strong sharp scent which will repel the moths and other insects. The whole plant actually contains a bitter compound in the form of an oil called an absenthal and this is just an oily liquid which contains highly antiseptic properties. Artemisia abrotinum is, is used for many ornamental uses as well. It was used as an aromatic in sachets, um, it was put in potpourris and, and people would add it to their bath. It was also used in landscaping because it's got a beautiful feathery gray-green color to it so it's very good for a backdrop. It was used as a base in baskets and wreaths and in dried flower arrangements. The branches were also used to make a yellow dye for when people was dyeing wool. And again, it's also used to repel the moths and the fleas. Now the traditional uses and the benefits of southern wood are, um, it's, a, it's a very strong, aromatic, and bitter herb that can improve digestion and liver function. And it does this by increasing the secretions in the stomach and the intestines. It stimulates the uterus and encourages menstrual flow. It lowers fevers. It relaxes spasms and it destroys intestinal worms. The young flowering shoots of this herb have antiparasitic uh, properties to it, so it's going to cleanse the worms and other internal parasites from the body. It's very antiseptic. It will promote the discharge of bile from the body and it stimulates blood flow. It also promotes appetite and it assists in the digestion. Now, The main use of this herb was to stimulate and increase the menstrual flow. On occasion, it was given to young children in order to expel worms from them and externally it was applied to small wounds and it would help to stop the bleeding and to help heal quicker. The herb is also used externally as a poultice to treat some skin conditions. The fresh leaves were actually crushed sort of and rubbed onto the skin and that would help to repel the mosquitoes. Southern wood was also used for cramps, for urinary disorders, for menstrual pain, as well as it was cough and it was used as an antidote against snake bites and other poisonous animals. The herb was also used as a remedy against the plague and it is one of the ingredients in the thieves vinegar recipe. It was used to treat various skin diseases and it was thought to promote some beard and hair growth. Often it was placed in pillows because it helped to counteract insomnia. If you were to soak the leaves of the, the southern wood in warm water, combine it with nettle and rosemary, and then rub this into the skin and scalp, it will actually help to prevent any infections. Again, it strengthens the digestive system. It's also been used for diarrhea, for urinary tract infections, and for bronchitis and other upper respiratory infections. It's been used by men to increase their virility. 
So in all of these instances, it's little wonder why Juliet insisted that she have this plant in her garden wherever she lived. So let's look at a few of the ways that she used it. And most of these ways were for treating animals. Um, she did have some written in her other books for treating people. And we're going to talk to that when we get to talk uh, with the herbalist that, that actually studied under Julie in a future show. So when Juliet was, was working with goats in Mexico, in her book, she stated that there were many of the goats and the kids that were dying uh, during the birthing process. So what she did was she made an herbal brew and it was containing southern wood. And when she began to administer this to the goats, the goats were, were not dying any longer. Now, southern wood was only one part of the combination of herbs that she administered over a period of time but they found that it worked because of the properties of the, the southern wood in, in the combination. Um, it was incorporated into an internal cleansing diet for dogs that are having fevers. She made it into a powder form, and this was once you dry the, the southern wood, dry it up and make it into a powder form, and she would combine it with some other bitter herbs, and she would use that as a powder for her dogs and rub it into the skin, and that would prevent mosquito bites as well as it would repel some of the fleas. She would also make an infusion with it and used it as an insecticide agent for small parasites in the ears of the animals. She also made it into a lotion, and with the lotion, she'd apply that to her dogs, and it would prevent ticks and lice, so that's something that, that uh, we could use it for, certainly in this area. To mention just a couple of the ways that she used the herb when she was treating people, um, she would use it to treat all of the female ailments as well as some ailments in newborn babies. She also, also used it as a hair wash and a lotion, which was especially good for any diseases of the scalp and parasites as it would cleanse the lice and their eggs away from the, the skin in the body. Not only did she use this for people and animals, but she used it for planting her seeds in her garden. So she would dry the southern wood and she would make it into a powder. And once a powder, she would dust her seeds with it prior to planting them. Because of the smell of the southern wood, it would deter any other animals who were going to dig up the seeds and eat the seeds. So it protected her seeds in the garden. These are only a very few of the ways that she used the Artemisia, and she's listed so many more remedies with it in her other books that we'll talk about in future shows. Now, just because um, Artemisia abrotinum is such a very beneficial herb, I don't recommend that you just go out and purchase it and start using it without consenting an herbalist. So find someone in your area um, speak to them about it if you're interested in using it or read up on it to see many more of the benefits that it, that it does have. However, it also does come with some contraindications. So let's go over just a few of those. One of them, it should not be used in pregnancy as it can cause or it may cause a spontaneous abortion. So you want to be very, very careful with that. It can be habit-forming if you're going to use it for a long time. 
And the pure essential oil of this is toxic. So again, um, speak with an herbalist before you start using any of these things. Yes, they may be beneficial for you to switch from, from, from a medication to something that is more natural, but don't just rush out and purchase it and start buying it or start using it. Sorry. Check with someone who knows about it and, and make sure that you get the benefits from it. I've had southern wood growing at my house for several years. Um, unfortunately, last year my horses decided that they too needed the benefits of this plant, so they ate it all, um, and it hasn't grown back yet this year. Um, when I've been trying to find plants or seeds this year, I have been totally out of luck, and I've contacted greenhouses throughout Canada, and some of them even into the U.S. without luck. Everything is completely sold out. So um, this year I, I decided that I'm going to try Artemisia stellarina and it does have some health benefits to it but it isn't the same as the abrotinum that's for sure but uh, I'll keep monitoring my horses and I'll see what they think of it and hopefully hopefully I'll get at least one plant out of it. I'm going to take a break right now and when we come back we're going to talk about the second herb that Juliet would not want to be without. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Visit Doreen's website at dmurphydoucette.com and click the radio tab to purchase your supplement and dosha questionnaire. It will allow you to know your body dosha and what supplements, vitamins, and minerals your body requires at any given time. You'll receive a report by email that gives you all of the required information. You'll learn which foods give you your required supplements, and you have the option to purchase your report in printed book form and have it mailed directly to you. Visit dmurphydoucette.com today. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to your daily dose. If you have a question for Doreen Doucette or her guest today, feel free to send an email to DoreensDailyDose at gmail.com. Now, back to your daily dose. The second herb that Juliet said she would plant wherever she was is rosemary. And this is a quote from her book called Common Herbs for Natural Health. She states, As an herbalist, if my name could be associated with any plant, I would choose rosemary. I use it more than any other plant, and I love it most of all. Now this statement tells me that if someone is trying to decide on one specific herb to grow without question, purchase rosemary and grow rosemary. I don't think that the rosemary plant really needs much of an introduction since it's been around and in use use as as a food seasoning and also as an all-natural medication for more than a million years now. Rosemary is a woody herb Um, and it's part of the mint family. The leaves are used as a flavoring in foods such as stuffings, uh, pork, chicken, or turkey, Um, and it becomes very popular during the holiday cooking season like Thanksgiving and Christmas. However, 
Rosemary really should remain very popular throughout the year for so many reasons. It's a very good source of vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. So if you were to consume 1.7 grams of rosemary, you will get iron, manganese, magnesium, calcium, phosphorus, potassium, and zinc. And you will get vitamins B1, B3, and vitamin C. Now, along with a very distinct taste that rosemary has, it also has very many medicinal uses. Um, it's actually one of the few cure-all herbs of the herbalist. It's very wonderful for heart tonic, and it's used in all ailments of the heart. It's been used to treat high blood pressure, headaches, and nervous ailments. It was used for all female ailments, including a threatened miscarriage. It's been used for impure blood, for gastritis, for a sluggish liver, and it's been used to treat, to treat obesity. The Spanish actually used to pound rosemary into salt and they would use this for wound care. The powder was also sprinkled on the umbilicus of newborns because it's an astringent as well as an antiseptic treatment. It's a very powerful insecticide. It's used for many wounds, bites and stings of all kinds. And it blends very well with wormwood, sage or lavender for treatments of fever and blood disorders. It's been used to treat inflammation. It will stimulate circulation and digestion. It aids in detoxifying the liver. It's used as an antiseptic gargle. And it's a very good food preservative. In many instances in Juliet's books, I noted that rosemary was also used in combination with the Artemisia for many of the treatments and the remedies. She also did use it alone, and one thing that I took note of, she used it as a coat polish for dark-coated dogs and horses. Now, Juliet said that the gypsies especially loved rosemary, and they used to peddle a preparation of flowering rosemary sprigs known as the Queen of Hungary's Water. And this was, was greatly valued as a cure-all for the ills of mankind and as a general beautifier for women. So I found this really quite cute and I'll give you the recipe that she had in her book for this water in just a little bit. First, along with rosemary, as with everything else, we do have to have a few cautions um, that comes along with it. So just a few of them are, do not consume more than four to six grams of dried rosemary per day. And rosemary oil should not be taken orally as it can be toxic. Pregnant women should not take a rosemary supplement in high doses. And if you are taking very high doses of a, a rosemary supplement, um, the supplement or the actual leaves could cause side effects like vomiting, spasms, and in many cases it can cause uterine bleeding, kidney irritation, increased sun sensitivity, and skin redness. Rosemary supplements can also interact with your blood thinners, such as warfarin or aspirin. So if you're taking either one of those, you need to take care if you're using rosemary supplements. What I strongly suggest, again, 
is for people to speak with your herbalist or your healthcare practitioner before you go out and just purchase these and decide to start taking them on your own. Make sure that they're not going to contraindicate with any prescription medications or anything else that you're using. So here is Juliet's recipe for Queen of Hungary's water. You need to have four tablespoons of the tops and flowers of your rosemary plants. You need one grated nutmeg and you need two teaspoons of cinnamon. You're going to pulverize all of these ingredients and you're going to mix them well together. Add a quart of uh, high concentrated alcohol, not rubbing alcohol. This is going to be your drinking alcohol. Let this mixture stand and steep in a warm place. Anywhere that you're going to get a lot of sunlight is going to be good and shake it once daily. You're going to let this uh, steep for about seven days or more is, is always good. Then you're going to strain off the bottle and you're going to cap it tightly. So this is recommended to be placed on cloths that have been wrung out in cold water. And what this is going to do is it's going to um, help alleviate headaches and it's going to soothe fevers. So you're going to take the 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 face cloth that you've you've wrung out in cold water. You're going to put a little bit of this mixture on it and you lay it across the forehead is what you do. If you have a fever, you can apply it to the pulse points on the wrists as well, and it will help to alleviate the fever. Another one of her recipes that contains rosemary is a tooth powder. And what you're going to do to make that, you're going to make a vegetable charcoal by burning slices of bread to actual charcoal. And then you pound the black slices into a fine powder and you're going to flavor it with a few drops of oil of rosemary. Then you just brush your teeth with this mixture morning and night and you're going to use a soft toothbrush and cold water. It is, it is quite refreshing. Um, here's another recipe for a hair tonic that she had. So you're going to need to chop up a handful of each sage leaves and tops and a handful of rosemary leaves and tops. You're going to place this in two cups of cold water and slowly bring it to a boil. You want to reduce your heat and simmer this for three minutes and you want to keep it covered throughout this process. Once you remove it from the heat, allow it to steep again for about three hours. Just leave it sit and, and let it steep. Don't drain it off. Let the herbs remain in the water and then just take off the amount of water that you need and massage it into the scalp and hair every night before bed. Um, another one that I have is this, is, this is one for the many people who ask if I've got something that'll stimulate hair growth. So you're going to need, you can use fresh or dried rosemary and mint herbs. Now, if they're fresh, you want to make sure that they're fully dried, okay? You need to have a glass jar, whatever size container that you want. You want to make sure that you fill the container with the herbs and you want to top it off fully to cover all of the herbs with a specific oil that you want to use. You're going to seal this and set it in a warm spot for up to two weeks and shake it often so that the essential oils are released from the rosemary and from the mint. Um, you could set it in a warmer 
um, and, and heat it up that way. But I find it's, it's, it's more beneficial if you're going to set it in the sun and let it heat up that way. Then you can strain out the herbs and you're going to keep the oil to use in the hair treatment. Okay, so what you're going to do with the oil is take about a teaspoon of it and you're going to massage that oil into the scalp and pull it down through your hair to the ends of the hair. Leave it in for about 20 minutes. You can leave it in overnight if you don't mind sleeping with the oil in your hair. It's, it's going to get into your pillowcase. So most people want to wash it out. You can wash it out thoroughly and repeat the treatment. Um, do it about once a week for, for a, a month or so or as needed. What the rosemary does is it stimulates the hair growth and it's very good for the scalp. Now, in case you're wondering what type of oil you should use to make this, this is how you're going to choose. If you have dry hair, you want to choose either an apricot kernel oil, an avocado oil, rosehip seed oil, a sunflower oil, or a sweet almond oil. If you have oily hair, you're going to choose from an argan oil, a grapeseed oil, or jojoba oil. And if you have a hair that's more of the normal type, choose from an apricot kernel oil, grapeseed oil, jojoba oil, sunflower, or a sweet almond oil. And those are going to be the best ones for those hair types. So give some of those recipes a try. See how you make out with them. See if you notice any difference in your hair. Um, and, and, you know, if you want to try the one with the alcohol, well, see if it helps to relieve the headaches and see what it does when you do apply that to the pulse points on the wrist and see how it is. So this concludes today's show. And I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. I look forward to next week's show where I'll be talking with Chef Kevin Wagner again. And we're going to see what he's been up to in his garden during this pandemic. I know he's been he's been working outside a lot and he's been planting a lot. So we're going to talk to him and see what's been going on. If you have any questions or comments, please send me off an email to DoreensDailyDose at gmail.com. And for now... I wish everyone to stay well and stay safe. Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then.